Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth every week. This blue chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for compelling discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely unpack the details and expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates who are running for office. We also discuss the developments and the milestones that are not being thoroughly recorded on the Pravda propaganda fake news media. Today, I'm going to be chatting a little bit about what's going on. And first, I want to just thank everybody again. Every week we have this show. We've been doing this show now for, oh, about 18 months now. We are proud that you've made us your guiding light in in times of political upheaval and turmoil like right now with this Chinese plague. We, 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 uh, We unpack the truth in a way that does pack a punch and and I guess that's why you're here with us, and we appreciate it so much for you tuning in every week. So jumping right into it, I, I just want to give you uh, my thoughts on on day 48. I guess it's day 48 of this national of this national uh, shutdown. You know, we're seeing the uh, the America First go from being a campaign slogan or a campaign theme to sort of like a way of life. We're seeing firsthand, firsthand, this fight between America first versus China first globalist policies. And I think that's something that we have to realize. There's a lot that's going on right now. And the media seems to be taking the side of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the globalists, the, the make China great again Democrat globalists. And I think that's very compelling. And we're going to unpack that today. You know, we, we knew at the beginning right here that we'd see efforts by the Sultans of Sinister to blunt good news and attempt to lay all of this at Trump's feet, an attempt to sort of take out Trump. But I don't think we've ever figured, I don't think we'd ever figure that we see so many of our governors and other elected officials comfortable, comfortable, that's right, with this shutdown. We've seen these governors and other political leaders in Washington who are just they're well off. They live in their multi-million dollar mansion homes, if you will. They, they, they're comfortable with this shutdown. They haven't lost their jobs. We've seen these same elected leaders who have been in office for so long that they've forgotten the drama that goes on in the lives of people every day and the drama that goes on in trying to, for a business to stay in business. I mean, what do they go through making payroll and, you know, having enough customers to pay the bills and, and to make a profit? What people go through in business and small businesses and what people go through in their day to day lives and the concerns they have every day, these people, Nancy Antoinette and others, uh, they just seem to miss it. Uh, Nancy Antoinette, she, she was on an interview with on the CBS's late show from her gourmet kitchen with her her special coffees and expensive ice creams and her gourmet candy. And I guess while the interview is going on, small businesses, well, they're being dangled over the abyss of bankruptcy. I saw a statistic recently, about 18% of small businesses have now declared bankruptcy. I mean, this is, this is, this is the drama that's going on right now that that Nancy Antoinette is missing. I mean, she's so aloof that she's missing. I mean, she held up. Now, they did pass recently this this new update to the Small Business Bill, but 
she held up this while she's eating her coconut sorbet and lemon peach gelato in front of her $20,000 refrigerator. You know, she she's holding up this this bill, I mean, for unrelated items and just made small business wait even longer. And they finally got it through. But some of the things she's trying to get in was Planned Parenthood funding, election reforms. She wanted mail-in ballots to be included in this, uh, to be mandatory, I guess. And she, oh, by the way, she has her, her favorite, her Green New Deal, which is uh, increased fuel emission standards on jet fuel. But I think what's really compelling on all of this is that she's she's out there and uh, she seems to be just missing all this. And I think a lot of these other politicians are, too. You know, they're glossing over the, the horrible human tragedy that's taking place with businesses going bankrupt. And these Democrats are now defining that any deaths at all would be enough to justify the shutting down of small businesses and trampling the trampling of the rights of citizens. I mean, any deaths. I mean, I, I guess you're seeing some some governors out there kind of dangling up the concept that, well, we, you know, they want they want to see a vaccine in place first, or maybe they want to make sure that we're, you know, that, that we don't have any any uh, any virus out there at all. Their goal is to strip away the rights of the middle class. That's their goal. These make China great again Democrats want to do exactly that. They want to make China great again. And to do that, they have to take out Trump. And to do that, they have to take out Trump's economy. And to do that, they have to shut down the middle class. And there is no doubt about it. What we need is we need a sensible reopening of this economy with sensible precautions, good hygiene, and good old-fashioned personal responsibility and take that responsibility for our lives again as a country. Look, even with inf- infection rates declining, we're watching the we're watching the make China great again globalists continually move the goalposts. We're seeing our our Gideon with a sword, our Samson. We're seeing Trump in action, and he's he's dealing with each make China great again globalist individually. I mean. I mean, we actually saw the Democrat governor of New York, and I, I don't want to miss this. Andrew the pious Cuomo made a comment, a very pious comment, at one of his uh, briefings when a reporter asked him about reopening the economy because there's so many people unemployed. And his response was, well, people that want a job needs to get a job as an essential worker. Once they get a job as an essential worker, they're working. Now, that was his comment. The reporter said, well, what if they can't? Cuomo's response was, of course they can. So he's so aloof, he thinks that people want to go from doing what they're doing and switching careers. Or if they want want to go back to work, they need to switch careers. This, This is how aloof this man is. And then after all, Andrew the pious Cuomo also was the one who declared what businesses were in fact essential. I mean, it was he that decided that determined what was essential, like like our own Governor Wolf did here in Pennsylvania. Our own Governor Wolf determined that that cabinet shops were an essential business. I mean, I'm sorry, his cabinet shop 
was an essential business to maintain and keep open. His, his company business, his, his family business. Not anybody else's cabinet shop, just, just his. You see, when, when, you, when you leave up to the bureaucrats the opportunity to, to decide for us what is essential and what isn't, these stuffed shirt, aloof bureaucrats look forward with anticipation to take that responsibility on from us and make that decision. And that's what's happening. So anyway, you know, we're dealing a lot with the Make China Great Again globalists and in the House leadership as well. Okay, we got we got Adam Shifty who's up there now trying to uh, to to declare a new a new task force, if you will. Look, they're 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 getting uh, we're we're getting a reasonable plan being put forward to reopen the economy. We're seeing that, and we are getting that, and we're watching our Gideon. Gideon with a sword, Donald Trump, bringing a workable plan out. And we're watching these incompetent activist governors and exposing their activism. And we're, 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 and we're, we're just in, enlightening, if you, I should say, highlighting their incompetence. And that's what Trump's doing. He's highlighting their incompetence. He's showing it off with his masterful competence. You see, this is truly a miracle. And watching the man I think that God appointed to be our president at this crucial time in our history, it strengthens my faith and encourages me that God is alive and sovereign. See, we're watching Trump handle the phony sultans of sinister, Pravda propaganda, and these incompetent politicians. We're watching it every day, and we're watching him in his news conferences. We're watching him unfiltered handle this. Now, we were told, I guess it was about 40, uh, 48 days ago, we were told uh, that everything had to be shut down in order to save the health care system. We were told that the shutdown was had to be put in place so our health care system uh, wouldn't be overloaded because it was on the brink of financial collapse with, you know, I mean, I should say it was, it was we, we, we wanted to prevent our health care system from being overloaded. Now we see it on the brink of financial collapse with most surgeries being halted. I mean, we, we see empty hospitals. You know, we doctors aren't seeing patients right now. Anybody that had physicals lined up or anything or having them having to get them rescheduled. And uh, these healthcare facilities, I mean, they're not doing the they're not handling people. They're not handling patients. Yet we do see that, that their bills do continue. So I think now they're on the brink of financial collapse. And we're told that everything had to be shut down in order to avoid running out of ventilators. We were told everything had to shut down so we would we didn't have enough PPE. So we did. We did all that. Now we have now we have over sixty thousand unused ventilators. And our national stockpile is well over ten thousand. And again, you know, we were told, too, that we had to shut everything down because, well, we didn't have enough testing. Well, now we've tested nearly 6 million people and over 150,000 per day, more than the rest of the world combined. That's right. We've tested more than the rest of the world combined. Now states are declaring that this has to increase. I, I've heard this was an amazing, amazing phenomenon I, I heard 
from governors. They were declaring to reopen their economies. These make China great again. Globalist Democrats are looking to for the for, for the U.S. to conduct 20 million tests per day. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, they're talking about moving the goalposts. I think they they didn't just move the goalposts. They put them out of sight. I mean, I think the the goal of this moving of the goalposts out of sight is by design because, again, they want to hold up the opening of the economy. They know know that that when they can put forward an impossible task, and what makes it impossible really is the costs for this would be through the roof. I mean, think about that. Not not that not to mention the facilitating of the tests themselves. But this goal of 20 million tests per day is an obvious absurdity, and it was put into place. It was put in place by the by the globalist anti-Trump, make China great again Democrats, and and it was to keep us in shutdown. I mean, that's the bottom line, folks. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, two weeks before, I guess, the alleged reopening of Pennsylvania's economy, which is all well, it's going to be taking place about a week from now. But, I mean, they're, they're talking about now we have to have masks on everywhere. And I think all of this is an attempt to inst- to to con- to basically uh, instill, but also reinforce the fear that's in people. The fear that people have to breathe, the the fear people have to go back to restaurants, the fear people have to go back to work, the fear people have in getting with other people, the fear everyone has based upon what's been going on for the last couple of months and has been, I think, enhanced by, well, by these by these globalists that that are looking to to trash our economy, waiting for a vaccine to be developed. And I think I want to remind America, I want to remind our listeners that we still don't have a vaccine for AIDS and we still don't have a vaccine for for SARS as well as other viruses. I mean, we have treatments and therapies, but we don't have vaccines yet because vaccines for viruses are very hard to do. But their intention is not for the health and well-being of our citizens, folks. It's not. Let me be clear what their intention is. There, it's 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 abundantly clear. It stands out like a bagel on a plate full of grits. We can't miss it. Let's look at recent events in the media malpractice smoke screens that we're seeing. Look, Trump recently shut down immigration temporarily, so that we ensure our unemployed Americans are in fact employed. So here he goes again with an America First policy. And he masterfully exposes the Make China Great Again globalists and their China First policies with this immigration move because he actually puts them all on the bubble and they're out there declaring that this is an, this is a homophobic, or I should say a racial, xenophobic, uh, one of those phobics, um, moves. I mean, it's an amazing thing that they're out there declaring that this is unnecessary. But they're getting help, folks. They're getting help from the sultans of sinister in the Pravda propaganda. And they're, and they're declaring they're, 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 they're declaring that during this economic crisis, they, they want to open our borders now and they want illegal immigrants. They want to let them in to take the jobs of Americans. You're seeing this. So Trump's exposing this. 
Because here's Trump talking about shutting down all immigration temporarily, and they're out there talking about open borders again. And they want they want the caravans to kick up again. Okay. Well, what is their goal? Is it because because they they want to make America great or to help? Is are these America first policies that these Democrats are espousing to? Of course not. Of course not. Okay, they want these illegal immigrants to take the jobs of Americans. Look, we, we hear their China first globalist. We hear them on, we hear them resist on MSNBC and CNN consistently and on the networks. They do this consistently. Even though we see in, in phony polls with sampling slanted toward independence, and we see this in the polling, and I, I mentioned this in previous shows of uh, CNN, ABC News, Gallup. Reuters, um, all these different polls are out there. NBC News, they all put, they oversample independence. They sample independence at 40%, 37%. They they sample Democrats at 40%, 37%. And they sample Republicans uh, with like 23% to 26%. And that way they can show a, a, a horse race, if you will. Their goal is to set up a horse race, if you will, or to get people. I, I think their goal is to discourage, discourage Trump's supporters, his political supporters. I think that's the goal. But what's really compelling, too, and I just I mean, Pew came out with a recent poll and in, in these slanted polls, Pew just came out. Ninety percent of Americans now see now see China as a threat. So why don't we just say all Americans see China as a threat? I think that's that's an amazing thing. And so here we are with these China first globalists, John Kerry and others in the Pravda propaganda. They're enraged at Trump because here they want unlimited immigration to support unemployed Americans. See, that's an oxymoron. How can unlimited immigration support unemployed Americans? The reason that sounds like a fifth dimensional idea is because it is a fifth dimensional idea. I mean, how can unlimited immigration help unemployment in this country? It doesn't. It won't. It will not work. Unlimited immigration and open borders will keep unemployed Americans unemployed, folks. That's the truth that you're not hearing from the Pravda propaganda. You're not hearing it from these people. And, folks, it's truth that you can truly bank on in Denver. I mean, this is, and they know it, and they're avoiding it. But Trump is masterfully smoking out their real intent, their real intent to to prolong the shutdown and destroy our middle class so they can rebuild. They can rebuild it in their fifth dimensional image. They want to change our economy, our normal, and they want to make it different. Why? Because they never liked the old normal. That's why. So they want to recreate this economy in the Green New Deal image and as Andrew the pious Cuomo and Biden both stated they want to re-image our society and this is their chance, folks. This is what they've been saying. They want America. They want an America that is not that, that is not a significant player in the world. What's always been amazing to me, and we see this, and we see this, I think, and we've, we've been watching this, but not just in the universities, but everywhere. What's amazing is the amount of the amount of disdain that these globalists have for this country. 
They don't want an America that is a significant player in the world. They don't want an America first trade policy. They don't want an America first tax policy. They don't want an America first environmental policy. They don't want an America first energy policy. They want to have a system that punishes the prior achievers and de-incentivizes, that's de-incentivizes anyone else from striving to achieve anything. They don't want to teach our young people that the exceptionalism of our country and how unique and special our Constitution is, how our Constitution is the only Constitution on planet Earth that limits and restricts the government, not the people. They don't like it. And therefore, they want to deny the Founding Fathers' foundation and the Founding Fathers' foundation and their faith in God, folks. These are profane people. This is what happens when you elect an activist. I mean, this is what happens. And we talked about this. What makes an activist an effective player in politics is they yell louder. They become obstruction. They become disruptive and, and destructive. And they just yell and they, they, they just become the, the, the spoiled kid in the back seat that gets what he wants or she wants because the parents, well, they just want to control that person by giving them what they want. It's an amazing phenomenon, but these socialists, these Marxists, these make China great again globalists, they want, they, 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 they cause the elected lawmakers that we have, that are lawmakers, to compromise on their principles. They, it causes them to compromise on their principles and basically give in. To, to fifth-dimensional ideas that, that just strip away our rights as people, our rights as family, our rights as parents. They want the next generation to value, to value the state and the greater good over individual rights and the right to pursue our own happiness, folks. They want to target the family constructs they don't want to continue strengthening their family by ensuring the rights of parents to raise their children and ensuring the education system promotes role models other than other than the parents. You see that they want to ensure that that our educators in the high schools and the colleges promotes some well promotes role models other than the parents or other than good leaders. You know, I heard Nancy Pelosi, she made a comment, Nancy Antoinette made a comment about the about the uh, relief package, the first one. And she said, we, we have to make sure we help the underbanked businesses. And what she's alluding to is the underbanked people are the people that are cash businesses. <laughs> they're underbanked because they, they're all cash. It's a cash business. And, and so they, they're, that's what makes them underbanked. Well, they don't help our economy out. Not really, because they don't pay into the tax system. Well, it's the same thing on the education system. You know, an artist without an art is going to be an unemployed artist. And it's going to need the government. This is what they want. They want to promote this. 
I was on a school board and I can tell you the number of children whose role models are not the parents, but they are instead musicians and actors. As a matter of fact, when you ask children in, in high school what their aspirations are, half or more want to be a musician or an actor. I mean, it's an amazing phenomenon that we're seeing in our schools today. These children that are pursuing, they're, they're basically pursuing the career of being an artist. Even though many of them, most of them do not possess the art they need to be the artist. And I think there's a cruel, there's a, there's a cruel, there's a cruelty to that because these, these children grow up and no one's ever told them the truth. They live in this fifth dimensional world. Pursue who you are. And, 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 and I mean, quite honestly, pursue a career in art, an actor or a musician. I mean, it, there's nothing worse than being told, well, finding out late in life that you've pursued a career that you've had no talent for. I, I can't imagine. I mean, to talk about wasted lives is, is just a it's just terrible that these children grow up. And many of them do. Many of them. Because, again, they're, they're encouraging role models other than the parents. This is what's going on. This is what Pol Pot understood in the killing fields in Cambodia. Pol Pot understood that, and the communists understand that. You have to separate children from their parents, and they do this in the education system. It's very subtle, very, very subtle, very, very subtle. Look, these make China great again globalists want to instill other role models. It's what they want to do. They want to instill them in the in the lives of children with lessons and curricula that diminish the parents, that make the parents look like they're obstructionists or worse, incompetent. They teach it. They teach that it's acceptable to disagree with your parents in the pursuit of your own identity. That is even more of a that is a that is a dastardly lie. I mean, it unbelievable. And again, this is all in the curriculum and, and as well as the stories that are read to the young people. So let, let's take a look at folks. I want to take a look at what, what is a make China great again globalist and and what do they sound like when they talk? I mean, how do we how do we know? How do we know when we're talking? To them? Well, who are they? Let's take a look at who they are. They're, they're people that teach at our universities and high schools. These are people who get elected behind a smokescreen. They, they never, I mean, you, you, they never really talk about the real issues because they don't, they don't hold to the real issues. They're activists. They sound like activists. And like I said before, an activist is a selective lawbreaker. And when they're elected as lawmakers, they become, a, it's an oxymoron because they're not lawmakers. They're, they're selective lawbreakers. And they're very and they and and their entire it's in their DNA. They just don't like this country's history. They don't like America. They believe that we're not a great nation. They believe that our success is due to our oppression of everyone else. These activists, well, they were all real worried when the Soviet Union fell because it left the U.S. as the lone superpower in the world. And now they see China as emerging as a superpower, both economically and militarily. And now they're seemingly being put at ease here that they want this. They don't want, they want an offset of sorts 
They want an offset of sorts, both economically and militarily, in the world to the United States. That's what they want. Because they believe that we're inherently an oppressive country. They honestly fail to see all the good we represent and the support across the world that we have. The, these activists, they fail to see our country as the good guys. They see the U.S. as causing instability. That's what they look at. These college professors and high school teachers, that well, they teach that there is nothing good about the U.S., nothing. There's nothing special about our country, nothing. Nothing special about our founding, our Constitution. They're, being, they're teaching our young people that, it, and, and they see nothing special about our way of life. They instead see that our, our founding was a sort of accident. They see our founding as nothing more than an intersection of time that involves certain people and events. They just see it as something like just a happening. They don't see anything special at all in this. You see, one thing is for sure, unless you're a God-fearing person, unless you see our Constitution and our founding as special, you're likely not with your whole heart love and support the country. That is the concern I have. See, Saul Lewinsky's intended result of taking over our education system with a sort of diminishing value of our American way of life, that was necessary. That has happened, folks. We see that now. But it's necessary for what? What is it necessary for? Necessary for eliminating the desire to preserve our way of life, the desire to preserve our rights, the desire to pursue our own individual happiness, the desire to preserve our freedoms. You see, it was necessary because people have to basically not see the need to fight to preserve it. I mean, they, if you don't have the hope in you, see, hope hope is in itself, in is, is in in of itself a virtue that, well, that, that brings people, well, it's a reason people do anything. I think hope is what motivated the, the founding fathers to fight for this country. They had the hope of where this country was going to be one day. I mean, it's why we do the show here on The Point. We do this because of our hope for a better country, a hope for exposing the real initiatives of these sultans of sinister. That's why we do this. You see, without hope, we don't see the need to fight and the need to preserve anything. I mean, we don't want to preserve and fight for anything that we don't have a value, well, see a value for, have a great love for, and that's what they want. They want to diminish that in people. So their goal was to instill in our young people, who, by the way, are the next generation, a sort of apathy towards our way of life, our country, our right to pursue our happiness. This, this way they could then elevate the needs of the world over the needs of our own people. Hence, make jobs created jobs in China, create jobs in India, create jobs all over the world, but not here. Hence, not have America first trade policies, but have trade policies that benefit other countries. 
allow us to be pillaged because after all, we've done all the pillaging in the past. Now we allow them to pillage it through through horrible trade deals that Trump, by the way, is fixed. And they get this done because they instill the twisted notion that everyone is an oppressor of someone. And the white male, of course, is the ultimate of all oppressors. They want to instill their misery, folks, on everyone. These activists get elected to governor. They get elected to some other positions in office, whether it's state lawmakers, U.S. lawmakers, whatever. And again, they become selective lawbreakers. They also get appointed by activist governors. We've seen Dr. Dr. Levin, our physician general here, well, he, he was appointed to physician general by our activist, Governor Wolf. Now, my issue with Dr. Levin is Dr. Levin actually denies the very science that he was born a man. He denies that science, the science of science, the fact. This is an individual who believes that you can transition from one sex to another. And I guess down the road, his predecessors would believe that you could transition from one age to another. You know, I, I, I want to think positive thoughts that I'm, I'm actually 30 again. This is the way these people in this fifth dimensional attitude think. Now, it's not kind, nor is it proper to put people whose only competency in a, for a position is their gender or their race. Their, their, their competency is not built in, in their, their, inter, their, their intelligentsia or their past experiences. So here we have this fellow, this person, who's pretending to be a woman. He's our physician general here in, in Pennsylvania. And like I said, his only qualification is that he's a resident, a resident of the fifth dimension. And I said, this is a guy who recommended that we, may, we wear face masks wherever we go now. Interestingly, where were those recommendations weeks ago? But again, they want to heighten the fear. They want to they want to reinforce the fear in people. This is what they're trying to do. What good does a face mask do? It doesn't prevent you. We were being told in February and March that face masks they, they don't prevent you from getting an illness. Now they prevent you if you're if you're coughing and sneezing, they do prevent what you have from getting into the atmosphere. But then again, getting something from the atmosphere, you have to be close enough to that person literally like in an elevator with a sneezing individual or something that affect or you can't get it through the airborne particles because they drop too fast and they die too fast. But whatever the case is, the chances of getting this virus in an airborne particle isn't very good. It just isn't. And the chance of getting, and that's inside of a building, the chance of getting it outside is almost nil. I mean, you got a better chance in, well, getting struck by lightning and then, then catching this in the air from outside air. It just isn't. The wind blowing, the sun out, it's just not likely. But he wants to instill that we wear these face masks wherever we go. And again, we've, we're watching a steady decline in infection cases for like two weeks now. And yet he's making sure that that this is a, a requirement. And this will, I can, I can assuredly tell you, this will be a requirement to reopen this economy. They're going to make everyone wear face masks. I think Trump knows it. That's why we have about a half a billion face masks right now in this country. But again, I, you know, 
they want to basically make China great again globalist. These activists, their views, they view the needs of the world over our own country. And this is what concerns me. And they're running for president and their horse with a heart condition in the race for president is Joe Biden. And we're going to be talking on our next show in about, well, a few hours from now, but we'll be talking on the next show about Joe Biden and his recent, the recent uh, concerns that people have about his sexual assault that went on uh, back in 1993 and how his, uh, and how the alleged victim, how her mother called Larry King live. And of course, CNN lost that video, which uh, that'll be another story that we'll get into in our next show, but I think it's really compelling. So tune into our show later on today at 4.30, right here on 1180 WFYL for that distinct discussion on Joe Biden and, of course, CNN and the cover of all cover-ups. Anyway, but but these people, again, they want to create jobs in other countries. And, and I think they're conditioned to feel less for the preservation of our own country. And this conditioning happened in the education system. It's like when you see over and over again the stories that, you know, the fairy tale stories that, that and you start believing that people can transition from male to female. It cannot happen, folks. There is no greater separation for anybody to deny that you are who you are and who God created you to be. And there's nothing more tragic and more sad than that. This is a lie from the pit of hell. And I, I do pray for people like Dr. Levin because it really is a sad state when you deny you are who you are in, in the world, who you were created to be. And we know that the fate of many transgenders, it's really a horrible fate in the end. We know this statistically. It's sad. And it's sad as a society that we accept it because we don't want to hurt feelings. We want to, we don't want to, we want to be politically correct. Well, I think it does more harm, okay, to the individual to support an unrealistic claim than it does to hurt their feelings and tell them that, folks, you, you know, to, to tell them that this is an impossibility. And I think that that's the real tragedy of all of this. But as I stated, getting back to these activists that are that are that are elected, they started out by being <laughs> conditioned. And again, it's they're being conditioned in our colleges and in our school systems, and it's due to their it's due to basically the feelings of disdain that people have towards our nation. It's an amazing it. It really is a twisted thought. They actually have disdain towards our country. They have a feeling that our country just is not special. And it's better to, you know, they, they just don't. I mean, they would rather value economic conditions 15 miles, 15,000 miles from home because somehow this improves our global condition and situation. Folks, this is really weird thinking. I mean, how you think that improving the economy in India is going to help this world better than helping our own country is, I don't know why people go there in their head. I, I don't understand it. I mean, somehow a better economy in China improves our lives. I don't know how that works. I'm missing that. We need jobs in this country. 
And again, the fifth dimensional thinking is what we're talking about, and it's being exposed. Look, <clears throat> principles are the principles are inherent to God-fearing people, and they must be inherent for the existence of a constitutional republic. We we said this earlier. We see profane people mock inherent principles. Hope is an inherent principle that inspires, that motivates, that energizes, and that provides purpose. Folks, the virtue of hope for a better America is what drives me to enthusiastically support our president. Hope, again, is what drove our founding fathers to fight for our independence. Hope. You know, the government has the burden of proof, and we talked about this. And again, my big issue with the shutting down of this economy, look, we, 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 have, to, we have to do the right thing in the right, in the right I should say, in the right, uh, in the right portions. The actions that we take, the restrictions we put in place, need to be consistent they need to be consistent with the threat that is out there. And because the information and data comes in consistently, I should say the data and information comes in very consistently, we need to be able to be flexible in changing to some level our, our, our concerns. As we see the threat level lowered, we need to relieve, relieve these restrictions. Look, the government has the burden of proof before it can take away our liberty. Just as in a crime, a prosecutor cannot just proclaim that a person has to be arrested and put in jail for a serious crime. No, there has to be evidence to corroborate the, co the crime, to, cor to corroborate the claim that the person has to be arrested. Our constitutional rights, they created our government. And our government is there to protect our rights, not regulate our rights, to not restrict our pursuit of happiness. And again, we just have to be smart about how we do this. What's really compelling, though, is a globalist sees our Constitution as an obstacle. I mean, literally, their theology of globalism jobs in China and jobs in India. Well, it cuts off their nose to spite the face. This is like chopping off the toes on your right foot before a foot race to give your competitor an advantage to win. Doesn't even make sense. Why would you do that? Why would you hobble the horse before you start running a race? This is a foot race that we have to win to preserve our way of life, our, our better way of life. And the economy represents the power of a country. Countries with the strongest economies have the strongest militaries, and they are able to influence the world for policies favoring, favoring our future existence. This is something you can't miss. I don't want our listeners to, 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 to I don't want our listeners to miss this. I certainly want our young people to understand. Our, our economic strength is essential for the power of our country to provide for the military that nobody wants to mess with to enable our and preserve our way of life and our influence in the world. Our future existence depends on our economy. This is what really is concerning to me. This is why I and so many of the people, I mean, this is why the protesters are going down to Harrisburg. This is why the protesters go to these state capitals. 
because they see that the very strength of this country, the economy that powers this country, is being brought to the brink because businesses are being told they cannot operate. You know, we, I've, we've all seen the stories. I've seen them on, on, on the news. I've watched the interviews. We've watched a, a woman that, that actually she had a, uh, a sort of uh, a consignment shop, and she was told that she couldn't create an online business because that would mean that she'd have to handle the packaging and whatnot, and she was not viewed as an essential business. I mean, I, I, it's just unbelievable to me. You get people being chased out of parks because they don't have masks on. We got golf courses that say we can't open up because, gee whiz, you're outside and the social distancing. I mean, I don't know how much more social distancing you can get than, than you are in a golf course. But what's really insane on this, and, and again, I want to get back to this economic strength and the need for an economic strength, is it's absolutely insane for a citizen of our country to want to give an unfair economic advantage, which results in worse in a military advantage to another country, another country that is like communist China. This is tantamount to saying no to self-preservation is saying yes for someone else to rule our nation and our world. This is insane. It's, it's insane for a citizen of our country to want to live under the authoritarian rulership of someone else to give up their rights and their liberties and to live under the impression of someone else. This is twisted theology and it can only come from the devil himself. Folks, I mean... When you start messing with the economy of this country, no one, no, no single person's life is worth an economic, an economic shutdown like this. We, we need to prevent this from ever happening again. And I don't mean having the PPEs in front of everybody. I mean, that's part of having what we need to, to be able to handle an onslaught of, of illnesses in our hospitals. But we have to prevent this from ever happening again. Because economies are the are the are the lifeblood, they're the heartbeat of a nation. And there's never been a country in this world, in the history of this world, that's ever been the influencing has has, has, has ever had the influence and have been an influencing presence in this world that did not have a strong economy behind it, because the military pro- comes with it. Our economic system has afforded us the best economy in the world. And as I stated before, nations all over the world and throughout time have depended on our system for individuals to exalt themselves on an eco- I should say on an economic system. Throughout time, I mean, the nations have depended on their economies to provide them the strength they need to protect themselves, to exert their own influence around the world. The economic success of a people enables the nation to build up a military that ensures their way of life from being taken away by someone else. You see, folks, when we we live in a fallen world, this is a fallen world where sin and evil coexist with love and light. This is a fallen world. This isn't heaven, folks. 
And we're watching sinful people right now who want to take what we have as individuals and, yes, take what we have as a nation. This is what's concerning me. This is what I see in a globalist. They want to take away our way of life and replace it with a life that serves them as leaders instead of serving ourselves. They want, they want to serve their pursuit of happiness instead of our serving our own pursuit of happiness. Folks, in a fallen world, wealth is defined as money. It, it just is. And those with the most money have the most power and the most influence. It's just the way it is. And it takes an activist, a globalist, who doesn't perceive our country as the nation that it is, who want to instead diminish our country's influence around the world. Look, there'll be no need for money in heaven, okay? It won't be any. And we have a responsibility right here, though, and right here and right now to support the right and the decent and to help one another. And this doesn't mean that we diminish ourselves in order to support that or those in need. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And we've got people now, as I stated, it's like fifth dimensional thinking is they want to reduce our own abilities so they can exalt the other lives of others. I just don't see that as a real alternative. I see that as it just doesn't make sense to me because quite honestly, it, it, it adds up to me that you've got people that want to diminish our country and take away what we have. And so as I said before, this is a race that we have to win. We have to win. I mean, Trump's trade deals, this is why I believed and I've been saying this for just about the entire year and a half I've been on this show, that Trump is our Gideon with a sword. His America first trade deals have brought this country to where it is today. It went from a political slogan to a way of life. And I believe it was the number one motive that the Chinese had for, for allowing this virus to not be contained, whether it was a biological attack or whether it was just letting it happen after it got out accidentally. Either way to me is <laughs> they're nefarious in it. But this was all about creating fear throughout the world and shutting down the economies around the world. And as I said before, the evidence that China did this and they did not and, and it wasn't it was not an, a legitimate accident is because they they truly went out of their way to allow this to spread out of the Hubei province around the world. They allowed this to be seeded around the world, this this plague. To, and again, they allowed this to happen. They didn't try to contain it. They didn't. They instead muzzled the muzzled the whistleblowers. They killed them. They took them out. These people are evaporated off the planet. Nobody knows where they're at because they're gone. I mean, they were denying this. They were denying this was human to human transferable until after the Lunar New Year. Which, by the way, the Lunar New Year we're in is the year of the rat. I find that ironic. The irony of which Lunar New Year this is for China is the year of the rat. I mean, the irony is just, just unbelievable. It would be the year of the rat that they would release this. It would take a rat like 
the communist China to release this around the world to instill this fear everywhere. I mean, we know that we've had hundreds of thousands around the world die from this. We know that around the world, but this is a world of 6 billion people. But the fear that they've instilled is, is what we're talking about. It's the fear. I mean, we see it every day in our society. We see it every day in, in our communities, every day. People are afraid to go out without a mask. People are afraid to go anywhere. They're afraid to breathe. I mean, I think that's tragic. I mean, this is, uh, this is on the forefront of everyone's brain lobes. They're thinking about this all the time. There's concern over everything. People will be have to be reconditioned once the economy opens. We're going to have to have people, God-fearing people, I should say, and that's why I believe there'll be a great awakening from all of this, because it's going to take a faith in God to remove that fear that is inside everyone, that fear that will prevent them from going back to restaurants, that fear that will prevent them from wanting to go into a crowded store, that fear that's going to prevent them from wanting to be close to people again, be back in the norm, go to a ball game. This fear is changing the new norm, is creating a new norm, is changing the, exi- changing the existing norms to a new norm. This is what I believe is uh, that the, uh, the globalists and the Democrats are, are trying to root for. This is nothing about saving lives. They know that these masks don't save anybody. They really don't. But it does remind everyone that we're in a pandemic. Once these masks come off and we stop seeing them, we will then begin to gradually relieve our fears. Eventually, I think God-fearing people will relieve their fears a whole lot quicker, okay? But whatever the case is, we will sensibly, I believe, like myself, we will sensibly take precautions from now on to prevent the flu bug from getting in. We will make sure that our hands are clean and that we don't touch our face, our ears, our eyes, our nose. We won't touch our mouth. We won't touch the food that goes in with dirty hands. We'll make sure our hands are clean. We'll make sure our face is clean. We'll make sure that we're we're using soap and water. And, and you know, I mean, look, I, I use, I use uh, dial soap. I like dial soap. It does a good job, I think. Uh, some people like the, the disinfectant soaps or the other disinfectant, whatever, okay? They like the perfumey soaps you get from... <laughs> from some of these stores. But I mean, the bottom line is I, I, I just, I think it's, it's essential for us as Americans to take the precautions going forward, but to not allow this fear to handicap us going forward. We need to pray for this country's comeback, economic comeback. And we need to pray, I think for a great aware, a great awakening in this country. Again, I don't want to miss that. I think that this is something that we, we can experience. I think we're going to experience a great awakening. There's only like been like three of them in the last couple of hundred years. So it's really like a once in a lifetime thing to see. And I'm thrilled to be able to see it. I mean, I've read stories about Billy Sunday and all and, and through that great awakening. And I just looking forward again to seeing this country in a, in a great comeback. I believe, like I said, Trump is God touched. I believe this man is touched by God to do the job he asked because nobody and I mean nobody could take on the media the way he does, and nobody could take on the fights that he does every day. 
in prime time. And I'm, I'm just thankful to God that we have him as our president. And I want to thank our listeners. We are out of time. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it, as I said, in, in, this, in these crucial times that you're turning into us, tuning to us so that we can help you here. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, what we put out there is facts and, and, and unadulterated facts. They're, they're un, un, unashamed. We put out the news. We put out the information that you need to make decisions in your lives every day. But thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in this morning. Tune in every Saturday morning right here at AM Radio 1180 WFYL every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. for this distinct discussion. Some of our audience listens to us live during the normal airtime by tuning into 1180 WFYL AM Radio. Others go to the website, 1180WFYL.com, and click Listen Live. Others go to YouTube and search the uh, in the little search bar, WFYL, and of course you'll see Listen Live there as well. Others listen to the podcast when we get them up, however you choose to listen to us. We truly appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you later on today for this great discussion on, I think, Joe Biden. I think it's going to be ear-opening and ear-catching for all of you. So tune in later on that. We'll be with Annette Baker on that. But see you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now. <laughs>